Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 296 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Thursday, March 7, 2013. That's right, March Madness has started early on this show. Just coming up in a few minutes will be my good friend, Dr. Ben Miller. Let me try this again here. <laughs> Welcome to episode 296 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast, if anybody's still out there. Uh, for Thursday, March 7, uh, 2013, on uh, today's show, uh, just coming up in a few minutes will be my good friend, Dr. Ben Miller, talking about his uh, essay, uh, comprehensive primary care includes mental health. We'll also be talking about his uh, primary care progress webinar coming up next week on Wednesday, March 13, 2013. And after that, if I'm still on the air, <laughs> I'll have a, a fun little announcement to make. So we'll see if uh, any of this is working <laughs> coming up on <laughs> episode 296 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. This is great. Uh, starting, wait for it, uh, right now. the show that is passionate about medicine and social media. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. Hopefully people out there can hear me because five seconds into the show, my phone line cut out, so I had to call back in, and uh, hopefully things are working out there, and hopefully people on Twitter can uh, let me know if people can hear me at all. <laughs> so we will, we will see. I am your host for this show. My name is Mike Savilla, now your favorite family physician host. Uh, what is this show about? This is uh, Family Medicine Through the Eyes of a Family Physician. I encourage you to check out my digital library of stuff at uh, familymedicinerocks.com. And a uh, shout out to all the people who follow me on Twitter, all 11,559 people out there on Twitter. And also uh, shout out to all 757 people who like the Facebook page for this uh, show. Thank you so much for that. Today is Thursday, March 7, 2013. It is 4 p.m. 
Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Mountain Time. And here at Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters, it is 32 degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, I just want to give a, a big shout-out to the shows coming up. But one week from today, we'll be graduating medical student Mike Moore will be here. And uh, he uh, is a writer and blogger at Lancet. And uh, he is uh, an active member of the United States Army and uh, going to be uh, uh, in family medicine when he finishes uh, uh, medical school. So we'll be talking about that. And two weeks from today will be our good friend, Dr. Jordan Grumet, uh, the blogger, uh, in my humble opinion. And uh, last month he uh, wrote a blog post called Stepping Out and where he is uh, leaving or yeah, will be leaving traditional medicine. And he will hopefully share with us his next steps on what he is doing next. Uh, so um, uh, so my guest uh, coming up, he's uh, sitting on hold there, but I will give him a, a quick uh, introduction here. Uh, Dr. Ben Miller is a uh, assistant professor uh, in the uh, Department of Family Medicine at the University of Colorado Denver School of Medicine. He's also director of the Office of Integrated Health Research and Policy. And after our chat, I will have a fun little announcement after, after that, so uh, if I'm still here... <laughs> Uh, so I apologize again for the technical difficulties at the uh, beginning of the show. But first, I do want to uh, thank uh, Block Talk Radio for having me be a featured host here on this very network. Uh, and if you're curious, yes, I am a, a real doctor. I'm a uh, family physician in full-time private practice here in uh, new, beautiful northeastern Ohio. And uh, I will uh, take my break here, and uh, we will have the good uh, Dr. Miller on after this break. You're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Family Medicine Revolution just Google FM Revolution for more details and also a proud member of the Proba Network, a podcast you can get there by going to probanetwork.com, and we will be right back. That's right, Family Medicine's leading voice in social media in my own mind. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. And on the line with me, uh, my good friend uh, and partner in crime, Dr. Ben Miller. Uh, ben, uh, ben uh, welcome back to the show there, my friend. Thanks so much, Mike. Glad to be on. So you were in my state here a couple days ago. I think it was the uh, Ohio Association of uh, Community Health Centers. And then on the way back, you got you got trapped in Chicago overnight. That's kind of a bummer there, dude. It was kind of a bummer, yeah, but uh, what are you going to do when you fly into weather that was as horrible as it was on Tuesday? So I'm glad to be back in beautiful Colorado for the next 12 hours. <laughs> you are traveling all over the place, uh, my friend. Uh, so uh, so let's just kind of dive into this here. So, um, so you have an essay at, uh, from our friends at uh, Primary Care Progress. It is entitled, Comprehensive Primary Care Includes Mental Health Act. Encourage people to uh, take a read of it at primarycareprogress.com. Uh, but but uh, tell me a little bit about the and my audience a little bit about the essay. What why do you what, why is that connection? Why is that important? Sure, thanks, Mike. Um, first of all, primarycareprogress.org. 
uh, make sure you get the URL right. It is on the, if you go to the homepage right now, you can actually see we're going to be doing a webinar next week on this very topic. And I, I encourage those of you who are interested in the uh, interface between mental health and physical health, as well as the interface between mental health and, and primary care, check out uh, next week's webinar, and I can give more information about that in a minute. But, Mike, I mean, the, the blog was written because it fundamentally addresses a problem that's inherent within healthcare, which I know is something that you and your guests have talked about quite frequently on these lines, which is uh, fragmentation. You know, we've got a, a fundamentally a fundamental problem within healthcare that has to do with how fragmented we are. And that fragmentation drives up cost. Uh, it doesn't let necessarily lead us to a place where we have the best outcomes of any other country in, in the world. Uh, and we recognize that part of the reason we have such a fragmented system is at the heart of that, we've decided that we want to treat mental and physical health separately. So the essay is really in response to that. It's kind of a, uh, an introduction for those who are not necessarily as familiar with some of the problems with uh, fragmented care and the disintegration of healthcare. And it really lays out, I think, uh, kind of the few steps that we would want to kind of look at as to how we can better integrate care and why mental health and primary care are so inseparable. Uh, and, and you, you uh, in this essay, I mean, you have some you know, pretty good um, statistics in here. Um, but I want to highlight, and, and you have bullet pointed here as well, and, and, and the first one here is 80% of uh, mental health disorder will visit primary care at least uh, one time in a calendar year, and that kind of reemphasizes the importance of, of mental health in primary care. Absolutely. Um, Mike, I mean, this is, this is one of the issues that we spend a lot of time talking about. And when I was in your, your fair state just a couple of days ago, this is what we really focused in on. And that primary care and why the partnership with Primary Care Progress is so important is that primary care is the largest platform of healthcare delivery in the country. You know, more people are seen in primary care than in any other healthcare setting, period, bar none. When you, when you step back from that and you kind of analyze the type of folks that go to primary care, it's everybody. It's all of us. We all have a primary care person that we've seen at some point in time. When you, when you start to look specifically at some of the data as to who's presenting to primary care, we know that about one in four people in this country are going to have a mental health condition or be diagnosed with a mental health condition. Of those, as you kind of already alluded to, you know, a vast majority of them, somewhere between 50 and 80 percent, are solely going to be seen in the primary care setting. Uh, primary care has a lot on their plate. Uh, you've talked about this quite eloquently on this radio show, too. But with, if you just simply tried to do everything that you need to do as a primary care provider, you're, you're basically not going to sleep. You're going to be working, and you're going to be burning the candles at both in and in the middle, and then it's just going to be a recipe for, for burnout. Uh, when you look at mental health and you start to consider the role that we can have by better addressing mental health in primary care, you have to draw some conclusions that team-based care delivery, meaning uh, you and I are working side-by-side -side in the practice with your patients that have these complex needs, that have these multiple chronic conditions, these comorbidities with mental health and physical health, we do a better job when we treat them as a whole. We don't do a great job when we treat the parts. And I think that's been one of the other problems within our system is that how we pay for health care often relegates us, including you and I, to our respective silos. You know, I get paid out of a little bit of different money than you get paid out, a little bit different pot of money than you get paid out of. So that doesn't necessarily foster the spirit of collaborativeness. It doesn't necessarily allow us to be in a place that we can be integrated, working side by side and sharing some of the same patients. Uh, that essay is really just kind of a, a call to arms. It's to get folks understanding these issues and to why and, and why we should be paying more attention to the mental health and primary care conundrum. I, mean, I can't agree with that more. I mean, you know, every day in my office when I talk to patients, you know, they, they, they talk to me about, 
you know, being referred here and referred there, a psychiatrist, and 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 for 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 people out there, especially the general public out there, I mean, you know, the you know, uh, mental health resources out there in this country, um, you know, are very are very slim. And and in this county that I'm in, which is kind of a semi-rural uh, county, you know, there are two you know psychiatrists that 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 come here, uh, that are based here out of this county, and and most of the mental health as as you know happens across the country. You know, goes to family medicine, goes to primary care, um, and and not a lot of people really know that or understand that. When I explain that to them, um, it is uh, it's, it's it's shocking. And and when I, as a family physician, try to um, you know plug in you know my patient with resources out there, not just psychiatrists but but other type of mental health professionals, it's very very difficult. And and it is. Uh, uh, it, it, it's hard to try to get that across to people, unfortunately, unless you're, you know, you have one of those diagnoses and you're trying to get care, and that's one of the frustrations from my point of view. Yeah, well, there's several different angles to look at this, Mike, and, and let's just start with the access angle, which you kind of just addressed. Um, there was a survey that was done in uh, 2009 by a gentleman named Peter Cunningham, and this was published in Health Affairs for those of you that are online and want to Google this. And it, was, it actually surveyed 6,600 primary care physicians, and it found that two-thirds of those primary care docs couldn't get access to specialty behavioral health. And there's a, there's a variety of reasons why that's true, but I think preeminent among them is the fact that there are simply so many times when your patients are seeing you in primary care, and you may say, hey, you know what, Ms. Smith, this depression's getting a little bit out of control. You might consider talking to somebody. And at that moment in time, it's when they're primed and ready to be seen by somebody. They may not necessarily want to follow up on that referral, in part because of the access. Maybe they can't get in to see somebody for another six months. Uh, maybe it's going to be a, a matter of weeks or a matter of days or a matter of months. It doesn't matter. Uh, there may be a delay in that quote-unquote handoff. So there's that piece. There's also this underlying stigma piece that I think folks uh, talk about quite frequently in my world, and that if you look at how mental health is often viewed in this country, there is a level of stigma associated with it. So let's just say you're, you're working with your patient and you say, you know, I think that there might be some underlying mental health conditions here. Uh, that patient may react pretty strongly to that, even though we know that the vast majority of this country, 26-plus percent, are going to have a mental health condition in a given year. So, you know, they may not necessarily want to follow up on that referral because it implies something to do with this public perception around stigma in mental health. Going back to my initial uh, point that I'm trying to posit here, which is that when you can integrate that care, when you can bring those providers who represent kind of the different pieces of the overall whole together in the same context, in the same setting, you have an opportunity to destigmatize. You have an opportunity to help patients with their whole person needs at that moment when they need it the most not six weeks down the road when the referral comes to fruition. You know, this is an opportunity, I think, for us to create a much more complex, not complex, comprehensive and efficient and highly effective uh, delivery of health care. Uh, and, and at the end of your essay, I mean, yeah, it is a call to arms, and, 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 and you talk about, you know, that we do need system change, um, and there's been a lot of guests on this program, authors and physicians who have talked about that. Uh, but really the essence of it, which we've also talked about in this program, is, is really kind of narrowing that relationship with your patient, getting to know your patient. Uh, primary care does that better than anybody else to try to find their needs and, and to find what the treatment plan is, not just in mental health, but just in their general health and well-being. Absolutely, and that's a, that's a killer point, Mike. And so if we look at the secret ingredients of good primary care, and uh, we're thankful to the good Dr. Starfield for teaching this this over two decades, 
we, we know that comprehensiveness and continuity really help make primary care pop. It makes primary care to be so effective at what it does. It, it actually helps us understand why those relationships and why that viewing of the whole is so essential to the good outcomes and to the decreasing overall cost within healthcare. And so when you, when you factor in the, into the equation the mental health piece, you are, you are basically saying comprehensiveness in primary care must include mental health. You're saying that, you know, it's not just enough to be able to know someone in the community that I can refer to. It's that I'm going to have to do something here with this. I'm going to need to take on this mental health issue because I know that if, you know, that patient that comes in that has complex depression and diabetes, if you treat one and not both simultaneously, it's never going to get better. You have to treat both. So comprehensiveness is definitely right there. Uh, the continuity piece, I mean, my field in mental health, we've known this for a long time. It's the relationship that really starts to help heal. It's the relationship that we have with our patients that really starts to get us to the place that we're working together on some of the same goals, that we're working together, on, and they ended up feeling better. Uh, that's where this goes. We, a colleague and I here in the department published an essay, I, it was a manuscript a couple of years back, that looked at comprehensiveness and, and continuity and how when you take those two aspects out of primary care, it's kind of like um, it's a puppet with no puppet master. Nothing happens. It's just it's, it's, a, um, it's not, as, not as robust and not as effective as we would like it to be. Uh, and, and speaking of you know the primary care, I mean, yeah, and, and and people who who are on the same page are our friends at uh, Primary Care Progress, PrimaryCareProgress uh, dot org. Uh, uh, ben, how, how did you get uh, hooked up with them and and and, and to get your essay? And, and we'll talk about the webinar as well. Sure, uh, Dr. Moore Singer, who I know you've spoken to, was out in my neck of the woods here in Colorado uh, a few months back, and uh, he spoke to some of our medical students in our program. Uh, he also was able to run into my postdocs. We have a postdoctoral training program for clinical psychologists working to, uh, who are working to be in primary care. Uh, and they had a conversation around some of the, the projects that we're doing in the country around integration of mental health and primary care. And so it sparked some interest. Uh, we had a couple of calls. We found that we were uh, highly compatible and equally as passionate about comprehensive primary care and we decided to strike up this partnership. And uh, what this looks like right now, as you've kind of attested, is that we have the blog, we have the webinar that's going to be next week, and we also have uh, another blog that we're preparing, hopefully that uh, Dr. Morris Singer will uh, consider for the website. But we, we view this as uh, naturally symbiotic with what they're doing because it's consistent with our mission. Uh, those they do. If you haven't been to the website, the PrimaryCareProgress.org website, please go there. It's uh, uh, definitely a community that, if those of you interested in primary care, can find like-minded spirits there. Uh, they also have some very well-written, thanks to their editor, some amazingly well-written uh, blog posts that uh, shine a light on, I think, what this country needs to have a light shine on more often, which is the importance of primary care within healthcare. So, uh, yeah, that partnership started just by connections, and I, I don't see it going away anytime soon. Uh, for, for people to get more information about it, just go to uh, primarycareprogress.org, uh, and uh, I'm going to read the title here, Inseparable Mental Health in Primary Care. It is Wednesday, March 13, at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and uh, all you have to do is go and register there. And uh, I've been uh, to a webinar before. They send you a nice email as a reminder. Um, and I'll read a description here. Primary care uh, innovators are leading the change to break down the silos in our healthcare system with notable progress in fields of primary care and mental health. 
Uh, join us for our discussion as we learn about groundbreaking work to integrate behavioral health and primary care services to turn best practices into uh, national policy. And uh, I'm reading here you have a co-presenter. Can you tell us a little about your co-presenter for the uh, sure. webinar? Sure. Uh, the co-presenter is actually um, one of my postdocs here at the university. She is someone who we've trained as a as soon as coming out of graduate school. You know, we've taught her how to work in primary care as a psychologist. Uh, we have a, a pretty robust residency here at the University of Colorado in the Department of Family Medicine. And what we do is we offer up the opportunity for our postdocs, and we actually this requirement for them. They train side by side with our residents. So what you have happen in that case is that you actually create an educational environment where we're teaching the next generation of both primary care and mental health providers on how to work together. And they do that throughout their training. So our residents have exposure to uh, mental health providers like our psychologist as soon as they uh, are entering into the program. Uh, I think that's one of the best ways to acculturate the providers for the system that we want and not the system that we have. Uh, I, I share this story quite frequently, but one of the most uh, really amazing experiences of my uh, educational and training career has been around uh, one of the residents that we were training uh, said, you know, I just got offered a great job, and it looks like a great practice and looks like someplace that I can go and be really happy with, but they don't take care of the behavioral health and mental health piece as well as I would like. It seems like that uh, there must be another practice out there that I could join that would have access to that or would have better integration of that care. So they turned down a good job to, take a, to go with another practice that had better on-site integrated care. To me, that's kind of a jewel in my crown. That says to me that we have been able to teach people the importance of how to deliver that team-based care and how it actually matters for our community. Wow, that's uh, that's awesome. I'm like I'm like so jealous. I'd, I'd like to dive into that a little bit. So so uh, so a patient in your clinic there is is seeing one of the residents, um, and then identifies a a mental health issue um, that one of your postdoctoral students would maybe help with. Can you tell me a little bit how that team based care would help with that? Yeah. So let's just um, let me just give you a, a scenario here. And on the webinar next week. Uh, Dr. Brown-Levy, she will actually give you some uh, patient stories, but let me just kind of tell you what this looks like practically. So let's just say the patient walks in. Uh, they have their presenting problem. They, they let the front desk know about their roomed. Uh, the entire team during some point in the day, whether it's the morning, whether it's in the precepting room, they've actually looked to see who's coming in. And so we have what would be called a huddle. We know a little bit more about what's to be expected of that day. And because we are team-based, we think about, well, who is most appropriate to go in first? Or how can we work together to go in and let's both talk to the patient simultaneously? So let's just say the patient is roomed. Their presenting problem is uh, uh, they're not sleeping well, okay? They're not sleeping well. They've got hypertension. They've got a couple other chronic disease. They're just not sleeping well. That's a primary complaint. So they go in, and we see this as the primary complaint, and the primary care physician may go in first because they may have the relationship, and they may say, hey, Ms. Smith, good to see you. Uh, so I see you're having some issues with sleeping. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, and in the course of talking about it, you find that Ms. Smith has experienced some pretty significant uh, stressors in her life the past few months. So the primary care provider say, you know what, I've got a colleague that I'd like you to talk to here that we, that's on our team that can help you with some of this. They may page, they may put a, a call out on the radio, and the, the psychologist or the mental health provider could come in the room at the same time as the primary care physician and work with the patient. Now, we, we do a couple of really unique things around training here that I think are important. Number one, uh, we always ask uh, the primary care provider to give the mental health provider a heads up on what we're going into. So it's not just you walk into a room and you're hitting the face with, oh, my goodness, you know, uh, Miss Smith's uh, father passed away yesterday. You, you have a little bit of understanding of what's happening. 
The second thing that we do, and I think this is a really important thing for trainees, is that we get the primary care provider to introduce the psychologist, and we get this the, in the course of introduction. We have the primary care provider often say things to the psychologist, like, you know, Ms. Smith, I've known her for 10 years, and she's doing a great job managing her hypertension. Something that is encouraging that the patient can hear that gets them to understand that this is going to be a team-based effort. The primary care provider is on their side, and now we're going to be working together. It's a nice little uh, rapport strategy. And so then the psychologist may say, okay, well, Ms. Smith, tell me a little bit about what's going on. And the team together works on all facets of that health. Now, in this scenario, the primary care provider may say, okay, you're in good hands, Ms. Smith. I'm going to leave you with Dr. Miller, and I'm going to step out. Uh, he's going to let me know what happens next, and then we'll follow up. That could happen. Or it could be where both the team stays in the room at the same time, and they do an intervention, or they work with Ms. Smith on the issue, and then they leave at the same time. But what this does is it actually changes the perception of the public, of the patient, around their team. So next time the patient comes in, they may say, oh, you know, I got to talk to Dr. Miller last time about my sleep. I'm wondering if he's available that I could talk to him before I see Dr. Sevilla. And, and that's the way that we do this, Mike. I mean, we actually want this to be viewed from the, the public standpoint, the patient standpoint, the community standpoint, as seamless. That there is no referral that's introduced that mucks up the process, that, allow, that forces us to kind of wait a little bit longer to receive the care that we need. This allows us seamless integration that meets the patient's needs when they have them. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. And, 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 and that is, you know, that, 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 and that model is what we have kind of talked about, not just in, 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 for, for mental health uh, issues and diagnosis. It's for anything. And, and we've talked about it on this, on this show before, and, and, and that, that model that multidisciplinary model uh, is really the key uh, that we've been talking about, and, and, and going like that. I mean, that that is just that's, that's great. Mm -hmm. It is. And uh, it, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Uh, no, I mean, I, I know that uh, our time has gone here uh, uh, pretty quickly. Um, so um, I was going to kind of close things up a little bit, but I, I did want to uh, let people know about your information again. This is uh, Dr. Ben Miller. Please follow him on Twitter. He's uh, there's a Miller 7, a lot of great tweets about uh, what, what we're talking about here, about primary care, about mental health. Follow him on Twitter. We'll read his essay, Comprehensive Primary Care Includes Mental Health, uh, at uh, primarycareprogress.org. It is under the Progress Notes blog, so we'll take a read of it there. Uh, and uh, check out the webinar. Sign up for the webinar. It is Wednesday, March 13 at 8 p.m. Eastern time. The title is Inseparable Mental Health and Primary Care. You can sign up at Primary Care Progress. Dot org. Uh, so, Ben, before I let you go, uh, you know, I'll let you have some, some closing thoughts from my audience having to do with primary care and, and mental health. I just can't believe our, our time has gone by so quickly, Ben. Sure. Uh, well, thanks again for the opportunity, Mike. It's always great to talk to you, but uh, it's also great to talk to this audience around something that I'm pretty passionate about. I think in terms of closing costs, clo closing costs, that's what I'm really thinking about is cost, but closing yeah. costs is, is the – if we are to change healthcare, if we're to truly transform healthcare and make it much more patient-centered, effective, efficient, then I really think that there's only there's, there's several different ways that we can do this. But there's one way we can do it right now that achieves the triple aim, that allows us to kind of move forward together and do what we all know we need to do, and that is to better integrate care. I mean, no matter which way you slice this, no matter what model you ascribe to, no matter what disciplines are working side by side, uh, we know that this is the best way to achieve that. Uh, addressing of the whole person, the comprehensiveness and continuity that we talked about. So I think that as your uh, listeners continue to listen to you and understand the importance of primary care, 
I hope that as they think about primary care, they also think about how we cannot discuss mental health from primary care. We cannot take it apart. We can't separate them. Uh, and in doing so, what we basically want to uh, concede is that we want inferior care. We don't want inferior care. We want more comprehensive care. And so that's why I, I do what I do and why I, I talk uh, this, these talks and I uh, get to speak to great people like you, Mike. Well, great. Where, where, where are you off to uh, next day, or, or, or are you not allowed to say? No, I'm <laughs> actually tomorrow I'm going to Minnesota where uh, our good friend Dr. Mark Ryan and I are speaking at the uh, Minnesota Academy of Family Physicians Research Meeting on Saturday on the use of social media for researchers. And then tomorrow night is the Minnesota Academy of Family Physicians. They have a practice-based research network dinner. And so I'm going to get to talk a little bit about the mental health and primary care network that we have nationally and get to see some of my good friends in Minnesota. All right, very good, very good. Well, uh, Ben, uh, thank you so much uh, for the time. Uh, uh, I'm going to be there for your webinar uh, there uh, next week, and uh, uh, they always put on a good show, and uh, you'll, you'll put on a good show as far as great information and looking forward to hearing from your uh, co-presenter as well. So thank you so much for the time, Ben. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Take care. All right, take care. All right, kids, so uh, I will take a quick break here, and I have a fun little announcement I'm going to be having uh, right after the break, uh, and uh, we will be... Uh, right back after this. Hey! And welcome back to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. My name is uh, Mike Savilla. How fun was that? Uh, ben is just uh, awesome and uh, so inspirational and motivating, and uh, it's always great uh, talking with him. Uh, so uh, I'm not going to be going for for very much longer here, but but I do I do have an announcement. Uh, it's a fun little announcement uh, that I'm going to be uh, making here, and uh, it, it it's this. So I, I last night I got to uh, uh, listen to and and look at a Google Hangout uh, for the Medicine X meeting, Medicine X Conference, um, which uh, this year is going to take place uh, September 27 to 29 at Stanford. Uh, and I got to watch it last year online. They put everything online in real time. It was very, very cool. Uh, and uh, the announcement I'm making is I am going to make an application to present there this year, and this little audio and video portion is going to be part of that. Why? Because I'm going to be begging <laughs> to present at that meeting, uh, and that's the announcement. I, I am I, I am so I am so excited that uh, I want to go there and present and talk to people because last night when I was when I was watching this Google Hangout with patients, e patients. Uh, telling their stories, you know, why uh, they want to get their story out there, uh, why they are passionate about technology, why they are, they are passionate about social media. It just made me so uh, uh, excited. It, 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 it just, uh, I just, I don't know. It's just like, oh, th th this is why. This is why I, you know, I'm a physician because I want to really reach out and help patients. You know, that is so, I know, it is so cheesy, you know. But listening to that last night, you know, it really reinvigorated me. It really re-energized me. You know, I initially was going to go to the meeting, 
uh, and just hang out, you know, and listen and learn. Uh, but uh, I am going to take the extra step. I'm going to take the extra step and apply to present there. You know, I'll talk for five minutes <laughs> about why I think technology and social media and physicians and patients and providers are important. Uh, and, and I remember watching the Medicine X uh, sessions last year. I was on call that weekend. It was a busy weekend, uh, but I was sitting there watching this, getting these phone calls, and I'm saying, this is why I'm in social media, you know, people telling their story, no matter what kind of story it is, you know, whether you're a patient, whether you're a provider, whether you're a researcher, whether you're, you're in the industry, the, the, the goal is the same. The goal is the same, is to give people the best care and to give people the best care with the best communication. That is something that I have seen uh, as a theme uh, when, I, when I read things, when I go to conferences. And, and why this conference is very cool, and, and, and I'm just not saying this because I want to present because I really want to present, but I, I, I've been to a lot of industry conferences, and, and I've presented uh, I've been speaker. I've been a panelist at a lot of industry type conferences, and and, and what I was watching from three thousand miles away, this Medicine X Stanford conference, I really was able to connect with these people uh, just thousands of miles away. You know, having them listen to their story, having them tell their story, have and, and it made me want to want to go out there this year and to talk with them in real life to say, hey, I want to learn more about your story. I want to learn more about why you do what you do in social media and as an advocate. Uh, and and uh, it, it's, just, it's, it's, it's just amazing to me. It is just amazing to me. And, and so I'm going to be completing this application uh, to present and to talk because um, I really kind of visualize myself on that stage, you know, coming up in the fall. Because I watch them like it looks like a super duper conference uh, to, uh, to to talk with, uh, and it's not all about the stage, it, but it, it's you know it's more about you know in, at the at the session breaks, at talking to people uh, and and finding out why they do what they do, and and and, and that is what I'm looking forward to. Um, and, and if I don't present there, that's fine. I'm going to go and hang out and listen and learn and, and do what I was going to do uh, in, in the first place. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to be putting together uh, this application, and uh, hopefully maybe I can even slip in this little um, audio-slash-video uh, part of it as well. I don't know if anybody has, has uh, did a YouTube video to, to beg to be on the <laughs> Medicine X speakers uh but uh maybe this will be the first i don't know uh but uh, but uh, that's what i wanted to share with you today uh go to medicinex.stanford.edu uh they have the google hangouts with those awesome uh e-patient uh uh presenters and discussions uh from uh, last night i encourage you to go check that out they have videos from last year's uh session uh, go and check those out as well so uh, very excited to to uh to put together a, uh, a an application to present at the uh, Medicine X conference September 27 through 29 at Stanford. Go to medicinex.stanford.edu.
for more information. Uh, so that ends my show here today. Thanks again to my uh, guest, uh, Dr. Ben Miller. Uh, again, uh, go to primarycareprogress.org, uh, the Progress Notes blog section. Read his essay, Comprehensive Primary Care Includes Mental Health. Uh, and also sign up for his uh, webinar uh, for Wednesday, March 13 at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The title is Inseparable Mental Health and Primary Care. And, of course, my name is Mike Savilla. Go to FamilyMedicineRocks.com. Uh, that has all of my information um, on there. And uh, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Uh, later this month, one week from today, I will be a graduating medical student. Mike Moore will be here. Uh, and also in two weeks, Dr. Jordan Grubit will be here as well. So that ends the show. Thanks, uh, everybody, for listening to those who listen live and also those who listened uh, on the podcast and downloaded it. Uh, that ends my show. Have a great day, and we will talk to you all very soon. Have a good day, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.